0: You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Wide Men Can't Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at NewLawOffice.com, StripCamFund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com/backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at StayClassyMeat.com, where you can use promo code Wide Men to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WidemenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter. At Wide Jump. Now let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. What's up? What's up everyone? It's Wide Men Can't Jump. Hundred and twelfth episode with you tonight and a first on Wide Men Can't Jump. It's just me flying solo tonight. Uh Tim is a little under the weather. Like and when i say a little under the weather he's a lot under the weather so he will not be joining us tonight um and we hope you feel better soon tim i hope you're doing good and and i don't want to miss out on everything we do here so i'll go ahead and say tim feel better from all of us here in the u.s to you up in the great white Still got a lot to get to tonight though. And Tim, like I said, hope you feel better. But uh a lot to get to tonight. A lot of news happenings around the league and some things we need to touch on. Maybe not um maybe not so much basketball things. I mean there's some basketball things which we will get to, but there's a lot of just life things going on. Um one is just happened as of recording time today. Uh David Stern has passed away. The former NBA commissioner passed away today after suffering a brain aneurysm weeks ago, and he was the NBA commissioner. Uh, he started with the NBA as an outside counsel in 1966. He was in the general counsel in 78 and became the executive vice president in 1980. And then in 1984, he su- he succeeded. Larry O'Brien and became the commissioner from 1984 to 2012. Uh, He announced he would step down and he was commissioner until 2014 and Adam Silver would take over. And absolutely um, a lot of good, a lot of bad about David Stern that people will uh, bring up. Uh, Let's look at some of the notable events Uh, During his tenure, he relocated six NBA franchises, the Clippers, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Nets, the Hornets, and the Sonics. He uh, added seven new teams to the league, the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Heat, the Magic, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, and the Bobcats. He ratified the NBA Dress Code on 2005. It was mandatory for all NBA and NBA developmental players that they must um, you know, implement a, a rule where they actually have to look presentable. And that was when it went into effect was 2005. Renamed the NBA Finals Trophy to the Larry O'Brien Trophy. He was uh, instrumental in getting the MVP Trophy. Renamed to the Bill Russell MVP Finals Most Valuable Player Award. And made it through four lockouts, 95, 96, 98, 99, and 2011. Um, Now, let's, uh, of course, let's not forget he had controversy. There was a lot of controversy around David Stern um, as the general manager of the league, or as the commissioner. Uh, 1985 draft lottery, they used a system of seven envelopes that represented seven teams in the tumbler. And they were drawn by Stern one at a time. And these clubs would get the first draft picks and onwards up to seven. When the envelopes were added to the tumbler, two envelopes were put in forcibly banged against the edge, all while the rest were set in gently. And when drawing the envelope for the first pick, Stern went with one of the bent corners of the envelopes, and it was the New York Knicks logo was inside. And that was a speculation that there was a draft fix and that the NBA wanted the best players to go to New York for the large television market ratings. Uh, In the 97 playoffs, the Knicks and the Heat, uh, there was a brawl. Five players um, were suspended. And the the outcome of that series, some suspensions were required by league rule, implemented under Stern, and that provided an automatic one-game suspension to any player who leaves the team's bench during a fight. In the 2007 playoffs, from the Sun-Spurs game, several players who left the bench and were not involved in the altercation were also suspended, and there were complaints from the league there. In 2000, it was revealed uh, the Timberwolves had tampered with Joe Smith two years early by promising him uh, a more lucrative contract in future years. Yeah, that was a good idea. Wolves, way to go. In exchange for him signing below market value so they could sign more players in the short term, and then the NBA voided the last year of Smith's contract, fined the Wolves $3.5 million, and took away the Wolves. Next three first-round NBA draft picks, although many believe tampering is common practice, abided by Kenneth Dam's ruling that the Timberwolves had signed the secret agreement and denied the league was making an example. Uh, And again, he, again, the dress code, he banned players from wearing headphones, chains, shorts, short sleeves or sleeveless shirts, indoor sunglasses, T-shirts, jerseys, and headgear like baseball caps, during NBA public-related events. Alan Iverson said of the policy, they're targeting guys who dress like me, guys who dress hip-hop. They, I think they went a little overboard. Um, he introduced a microfiber basketball for use in NBA games, replacing the previous style used since the 70s. Mark Cuban did not ag- agree the need for a new ball, claiming the old style was inconsistent. And... Um, the NBA, many of the league's most prominent players expressed their dislike for the new ball. Uh, Shaq said it feels like one of those new cheap balls you buy at a toy store. And it, a study that financed by Cuban claimed that the new ball bounces eight, 5 to 8% lower than typical leather balls when dropped from four feet. And the new ball bounces 30% more erratically. But Stern refused to go back to the original ball. Uh, two months into the season, Stern stated the new ball may have been Poor choice and poorly tested. We could have done a better job. And in 2006, the NBA announced it would go back to the leather ball in 2007, which they did. Um, Stern was in the middle of the controversy with the relocation and purchase of the Seattle Supersonics by Clay Bennett and his partnership group. Uh, His support for the surprising move from the nation's 14th greatest market to the 45th was questioned by – A lot of people and uh, led to the nba to intervene against a legal attempt by howard schultz to keep the team in seattle and then uh, another move leading up to the 2010-2011 season stern and adam silver made a number of statements regarding the drafting of a new collective bargain agreement from 2011-2012 during the all-star game in los angeles there was an open meeting between owners and players And Stern was quoted as saying that he knew where the bodies were buried in the NBA because he buried them himself. This raised eyebrows in the room, including Derek Rose, who shared the disbelief, said, I just stopped and thought, whoa, I couldn't believe he said that. So a lot of that. And then, of course, the one we we all remember probably more than any. In 2011, Stern vetoed a three-team trade that would have sent Chris Paul to the Lakers, Lamar Odom to, at the time, the league-owned Hornets, and Paul Gasol to the Rockets for uh, what was said to be basketball reasons, and it was very negatively received. The deal was maligned because of conflict of interest posed by the league's ownership of one of its teams. Uh, Phil Jackson noted the league ownership of the Hornets could be particularly troublesome in the event Paul requested a trade. In the aftermath of the veto by Stern, uh, Phil Jackson stated if you create a situation like that, the problem might arise, and it certainly did. Uh, Bill Simmons stated that the league intentionally jeopardized its own credibility, and the biggest conflict of interest in sports history. And there was some some controversy with Jim Rome. Uh, Rome asked Stern about the conspiracy theories of the draft lottery and fixed in favor of the Pel- of the Hornets, which are now the Pelicans. Was the fix in the lottery? Stern replied with two answers. Number one, no. In a statement, shame for asking. Then he said, have you stopped beating your wife yet and accused Rome of making a career out of cheap thrills? Uh, and this led to a heated exchange between the two, ending with Stern He said to go call someone important like Stephen A. Smith. Um, they also were involved in the, uh, the moment where Greg Popovich sat out Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili and Danny Green for a nationally televised game against the Heat. Hello, Josh. Hi! What's up? Did you guys miss me? Of course. Okay, go. Goodbye, Josh. Bye. <laughs> Background Josh Brown, everyone. Um, but he was involved in the, the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Danny Green were sat for a televised game against the Heat. He sat starters on road trips over the years to ensure rest for the playoffs. Stern was outraged and said the night of the game that the actions were unacceptable and substantial sanctions would be forthcoming. He fined the Spurs $250,000 for what he called a disservice to the league and the the league or the media in a suitable time frame that the four players would not be making the trip to Miami. And a lot of people... um, including Adrian Woljanowski said Stern doesn't care about the realities of his league, just appearances to him. The appearance on Thursday night was that Pavlovich tried to embarrass him on national TV. And that's why the commissioner tossed in a tantrum. Uh, Woj has argued that Stern has generally shown a pattern of bias against the Spurs while having considerable leeway to the Knicks for their violations of league policy. Again, David Stern passed away at 77. He suffered a brain hemorrhage. And had emergency surgery on December twelfth, twenty nineteen. Passed away on January first, twenty twenty. Those are some of the things that David Stern brought to the league. Um, and again, of course, there's so much more. You know, he made it through the Tim Donahue scandal, Donald Sterling, Michael Jordan's gambling, the malice at the palace. Uh, he was able to institute salary caps, max contracts, dress codes. And was able to get Yao Ming to the NBA, which opened up millions of dollars for the NBA in Chinese basketball revenue. He delivered revenue to his owners, but he did lament how the Chinese partnership promised to bring eventual ethnic reckoning to the NBA. So, that's some things that David Stern can kind of talk about. Um, you know, Stern, Stern was able to bring basketball to South America um stern welcome south american basketball and soccer analyst uh named adrian panaz in his manhattan office and offered his argentinian channel 9 the rights to air weekly nba games and or nba highlights at two thousand dollars a year so every sunday at midnight there was magic and michael and bird and this was a country where people had only dreamed of soccer and uh, maybe a young man named manu ginobili was able to watch some of those highlights um And he would talk about those. He said, rushing outside the next day to try the moves for himself. When I was a kid, I didn't dream of playing in the NBA. Ginobili uh, said nobody from Argentina had ever played in the NBA. And here I was, 10 years old, and I wanted to be the first. So, you know, David Stern, good, bad, all things around, there's a lot that he did for the league that was good and a lot that you can question as uh, maybe not so good. But either way, David Stern made an impact on the NBA, and uh, we want to say rest in peace to David Stern. Whether you liked him, whether you didn't like him, you hate to see anybody pass. So uh, we here at Wide Man Can't Jump to send our condolences out to the, the Stern family and to the, the NBA, and I just wanted to go through those highlights because a lot of people don't realize how much David Stern did in the NBA, and there's a lot, a lot of modern basketball that we have right now because of him. And you can like some of it. You can dislike some of it. Um, A lot of people say that David Stern was the reason the NBA became as good as it was. A lot of people didn't like the way he managed things. Of course, Stern was a uh, big market. So brought small markets into the, into the fold. I mean, he wanted his big markets to be good, but he wanted small markets to have a team as well. I mean, look at Memphis and Oklahoma city and, These are small markets. David Stern was a part of that reality. Um, Clearly no one in Seattle has a lot of love for David Stern for allowing the movement of the Sonics and blocking the uh, eventual keeping the Sonics in Seattle. That's something that I'm sure Seattle will end up with a basketball team again soon. We're just a matter of when now and not so much if. Um, So yeah, David Stern, I wanted to do a, a quick little synopsis there. There's so much more we could talk about and you know, if Tim were here, maybe we would talk about it a little more. Um, but yeah, so David Stern will be missed. But um, right now, we want to take a second to tell you about our great friends at the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. They're doing great things over there. If you have any issues whatsoever and need legal counsel, then we highly recommend the services of the Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, Mesothelioma law social security disability unfair insurance practices family law employment discrimination and more all this can be handled at new law office with Stephen P. New at new law office with Stephen P. New you can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off they're also throwing in a 3 pound of Montana grass fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, stayclassymeats.com is for you. Again, head to com right now. So, I want to talk just for a minute. Maybe this is going to be more of a rant out of me than anything. The Minnesota Timberwolves are in the midst of a struggle right now. Two and eight out of their last ten, eight and nine on the road, four and eleven at home, went through a huge losing streak. Uh, Anthony Towns has been injured. He's yet to come back. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been out recently with flu like symptoms. Here's the issue that I'm running into though the Wolves are in the middle of a skid right now, which I don't think many people expected them to make the playoffs in the West. Maybe they got their hopes up a little early, um, for the season because of the 10 and 8 start. Uh, but since going 10 and 8, they've been just horrific ever since. So my my rant would be I'm starting to see reports and surfacing of Carl Anthony Towns being quote-unquote, now this again, and none of these sources are, are sources that I trust with Timberwolves News, like John Krasinski or, or any of my guys up in Minnesota, and, and shout-out to John and all those guys, love those guys. Um, but I've not heard anything from them on this situation that would inst- – would make me think, hey, these guys, you know, we've got an issue here, Towns wants out. No one said that. Towns has been courtside for these games. He was fired up the other night when the Wolves beat uh, the Kings in overtime in that ball game. He was there uh, for all these stretches when the Wolves were playing, and they beat the Nets the other night as well. I don't understand where this Towns wants out. What can the Knicks trade to get Carl Anthony Towns? Do people not understand? Because I, I feel as though there, there's a big... Uh, I don't know. It, it seems to me people got their head out in their ass, uh, basically, because they're looking at it and saying, okay, Towns wants out, he'll come to New York. Okay, I guess, but, you know, Towns has a five-year contract. He's in the first year of a five-year Supermax contract. Even if he wanted out, the Wolves could easily make him stay and finish that contract. They don't have to move him, and I don't understand why people are thinking that the Wolves are going to do that. I've yet to hear anything from any reliable sources close to the team. This all just seems to be internet mumbo-jumbo. And a lot of talk and a lot of oh well the team's not doing well so Towns wants to leave. That's not been stated. That's not been confirmed by anybody close to Towns or the team. And you know, John Krasinski just put out a report the other day saying that, um excuse me, uh saying the other day that um this has just been you know, a bunch of no one's talking. The rumors uh, they're making the rounds, but don't expect too much of it. Uh, people are, are just trying to circle and trying to, to get towns to, to basically say yes or no, I want in or I want out. It just seems to be, they're trying to make a move and they're trying to get towns while the wolves are down. I don't expect anything to happen again first year of a 5 year max contract, he ain't going anywhere anytime soon unless the offer is just too good to be true. And I don't know how you could get equal value for that guy. To me, he's a top 10 player in the league right now. Uh that's just me. And of course I'm biased. Uh I talked to Chris Walder uh about it and you'll hear our conversation coming up here in a little while, but uh that's just some things that, that I wanted to bring up and kind of get off my chest. Yes, the Wolves are struggling. Yes, it's hard to be a Wolves fan. Um there's a lot that needs to happen with that team. Injuries have hit, of course, uh, but a lot needs to change there in terms of personnel. There's a lot of personnel that needs to go. I'm looking at you know, Jeff Teague and a lot of those guys need to go. Uh, here's some more news. Jeff Green has cleared waivers and will be a free agent. So Jeff Green is available now for people looking to make a move. Victor Oladipo is hopeful he can make a return. At the end of January, the beginning of February, from a ruptured quad tendon, uh, the Pacers right now are sitting in the Eastern Conference. Not they're, they're sitting well, actually. They're doing quite well. They're in the top six. Let me get my notes pulled up here. Top five right now, twenty-two and twelve, seven and three of their last ten. Not a great road team at seven and nine, but they are fifteen and three at home. Are the Pacers and Old Depot comes back? They got a shot to make a nice run there. Uh, we may have mentioned this trade last week. I'll mention it again. Um, Jordan Clarkson has been traded to the Utah Jazz and Dante Exum has been sent to the Cavaliers along with two second round picks. So, um, really nothing substantial there, but another, another big moment here. And you'll hear this on talk with me and Chris Walder. Apparently there's a lot of rumblings in Sacramento that a lot of guys want out. Dwayne Dedman being one of them. And there's a lot of guys that are really not happy in Sacramento with what Luke Walton Luke Walton not Lou. Luke Walton is doing. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot to, to that goes on there. So that's some of the news there. Um with it being New Year's Day though, there's been a couple things I did want to bring up. I, I was able to look up some of the best performances on New Year's Day of all time. And here's uh here's a few of them. Uh Dwight Howard had seventeen points and twenty two rebounds, although he did just shoot thirty six percent in a game against uh Chicago uh when they had Joe Smith or uh Ben Wallace, but you know so not much competition there but uh Elton Brand in 2006 32 points 8 blocks 6 boards oh um, like my goodness what a game for Elton Brand maybe the best game of his career uh Tracy McGrady in 2004 and uh uh I don't think anybody was as good as Tracy McGrady the best Forty-two points, ten rebounds against the the Bucks in two thousand and four. These are New Year's Eve games, by the way. I'm sorry, New Year's Eve games. Um, the Rockets won one hundred five to ninety without Yao Ming uh, in that game, and it was oh man, what a game from uh, Tracy McGrady again, one of the best. Quentin Richardson in two thousand and three had a fantastic game as well, and he had forty-four points and ten rebounds. In 38 minutes as he was playing for the Clippers I believe and let me make sure of that and yes it was the Clippers Um, and he shot 5 of 7 from 3 and shot 57% overall and they beat Denver so what a win there Quentin Richardson a nice ball game there for him Russell Westbrook um, the third triple double of his career twenty three points ten boards, ten assists, and just a great game for him that was early that was two thousand and ten for russell Westbrook when uh it was a he this was really before his big coming out and who can forget michael jordan thirty eight years old in two thousand and one with the wizards forty five points ten rebounds, seven assists twenty two points in a row from two minutes left in the second quarter until eight minutes remaining in the third. Uh, He only missed two shots during that entire stretch. And my goodness, Michael Jordan, there's a reason why he's the GOAT, ladies and gentlemen. And and you won't change my mind. He's still the best to ever do it. And um, yeah, sorry, you're not changing my mind on that. I know that's everyone's thing now, and I usually don't talk about it. But it's just me here tonight, so I'm going to say it. He's the best to ever do it. And if you don't agree with me, cool. I don't care. But in my opinion, best to ever do it. Uh, New Year's Day game though, DeMar DeRozan, 52 points sets a Raptors record. That was in 2018. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had the 52 points there, 17 of 29 from the field and had eight assists to go with it. What a game that DeMar DeRozan had. Can't, can't discount that. DeMar DeRozan, he can put up the points and the stats. Um, he's a fantastic player for sure, but, um, we want to thank some of our great sponsors, of course, that bring you this show. The great people over at uh, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. New year, they will be posting some new things. Uh, the owner just recently went through a uh, a health scare, so we're glad he's doing okay. Uh, we talked to him. He's doing better. So good to hear from you, Michael. Glad you're all right. But uh, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, head to Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and check out what they've got. And they'll be posting new stuff starting the second day of January. And you won't want to miss it. Let's hear some more from them. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my
1: God!
0: Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like, and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, thanks to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. We appreciate their sponsorship. They're great people. Check them out. It's just fantastic stuff they have there. I I can't recommend it enough. I really think you should check them out. You'll find some great deals on some great stuff there. Check them out. If you're a nerd like me, they've got everything you could want. So go check it out and enjoy it because they are our sponsor. If you support them, you're supporting us. So go check out our sponsors. We appreciate that. Um, So I will say this. uh, It's probably going to be a shorter show than normal uh, tonight with it just being me, but I mean, I'm mean, i still going to give you some content, lots of quality content. Um, you know, this is where it's really hard when it's just you by yourself trying to do this. We, I do hope you guys, um, enjoy the show here. What's, what's left of it, but it might be, you know, half hour, 20 minutes shorter than normal. So again, please forgive me for that. Um, uh, but Tim, we had a couple of things planned tonight, but Hey, when you're sick, you're sick. And, uh, you know, we hear at Wide Man. Tim's already used one of his uh, sick days today on the first day of the year. First day of the year, Tim uses up one of his sick days. I tell you, can't hide, can't find good help. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, Tim would be here and Tim's done the show sick before as have I. It's just one of those things that um, it's it's kind of, um, you know, when you can't move, you can't move. So, and that's just the way it is. Um a couple other breaking news stories here that I'm seeing. Apparently, there is some interest from the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers in Portland, CJ McCollum. So, don't know if you're going to see that move happen, but we talk about Portland from time to time, and they're just missing so much. And maybe moving on from the McCollum-Lillard backcourt, they can finally salvage that team because they're just not good right now. Um, I didn't know how much how how much of legs they would have going forward from their run last year, but I think that run is about to be over. So we'll see if anyone goes to make a move there for McCollum. Uh, again, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers all have interest. Uh, another story. Uh, remember Darren Collison. Darren Collison re- uh, retired recently. He was about to get a new contract. Uh, Didn't know where he would end up, but Darren Collison had retired to go do uh, some religious work, which, hey, more power to him. Uh, But he is considering now a return in February with the Lakers and the Clippers as his two preferred emerging destinations. So you never know when they come back, Colin, you may see um, Darren Collison back in the game. Uh, Jonathan Isaac has left the game on a stretcher for the magic and has hurt his left knee. And this has been his best season so far right now. They're saying it's a hyperextension of the left knee. He will undergo an MRI in Orlando tomorrow. So I hope everything's okay with Jonathan Isaac. He's a, he's a great player and we would hate to to see anything happen to him. That's, that's just a bummer. Uh, Patrick Beverly is expected to miss a few games with a right wrist sprain. So Patrick Beverly looks as though he will be out for a while, and that's really most of the news and the notes going around uh, with the league right now. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, you know the San Antonio Spurs that's a team we try to uh, we've tried to cover. We got some great people that cover the Spurs with us here. Um, our guy Jeff Garcia who i I had a chance to sit down and talk to about the Spurs. He's one of the best in the league, and he's awesome, and we love him. And we're going to go ahead and get to my conversation with him. As we talked about the Spurs season so far, it's been kind of a down season for the Spurs, not one of their better seasons. But um, I did have a chance to sit down and talk to him. So let's hear my conversation with Jeff Garcia, and on the other side, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Back with us on the show is Jeff Garcia from News for San Antonio. He's a Spurs digital journalist and co-founder of Project Spurs. Jeff, thanks again for coming back on to talk a little San Antonio Spurs.
2: No problem, buddy, and let's get to it.
0: Absolutely. It's been a while since we've been able to get you on, and we've both been really busy, but I'm finally glad glad we were able to to sit down here and talk a little bit. Let's talk about the Spurs. um, Under 500, the San Antonio mm-hmm. Spurs, not a place they're used to being. Normally, they are over 500. I think uh, there right. was some crazy statistic like Popovich had spent 65 days under 500 as a coach over <laughs> so many years.
1: Uh, you would yeah. probably know
0: it better than me, but uh, really having uh, kind of a mediocre season at best 13 and 18 right now, six and four of their last 10. What's going on in San Antonio? This is something we're not used to seeing from them.
2: Yeah, this is basically a, a team that was, uh, I don't believe, was ever not going to be constructed without Kawhi Leonard. I think that's what happened, and you're seeing the ramifications of that. Hey, look, you know, this team, um, prior to the to him getting or demanding out of San Antonio, it was built around him, and he, we all know what happened, so the rest is history. So what you have now are just a bunch of parts put together and this is a team without an identity. Um, they're, they're not the defensive juggernauts they used to be. Uh, because, but frankly, you lose Kawhi Leonard, you lose Kyle Anderson, you lose Danny Green, uh, you're going to see that. And we're seeing that right now. Um, the perimeter defense is not that great. Uh, DeJounte Murray is supposed to be that answer. He really hasn't been that answer yet, although he's had some nights where he's obviously trending in the right direction. So kudos to him. And, yes, uh, you know, no, he's still a, still a defender. He can rebound with the best of them. But uh, there's still time for him to get better. Uh, all in all, you know, you're looking at uh, what has there been their bread and butter in San Antonio. That's been defense, and it's not there. Uh, you're looking at, uh, at least as it's recording, they're 24th in the league in opponent points per game. That's not good. And um, you put all that together, and you got their record. Now, what they are strong at is the offense. And uh, they rank seventh in the NBA in points per game, I think about 118 a game. And uh, they actually rebound the ball well. They're seventh in the NBA at uh, 48.4. So there are signs that this team could be turning it around. And they've already begun. For the longest time, they were always hovering at least at neutral or above uh, the, the plus minus. They were always hovering around minus six, minus seven during their rough patch. Uh, the eight-game losing streak, getting blown out. But they were never really blown out in those uh dark times, if you will. Lately now, they're starting to come around. Look at the last 10. They're six and four. Their plus or minus is three point six on the plus side. And believe it or not, at least within uh the last three games, they're holding teams to uh 108 points per game. Defense right there. And even though it was a loss, they held the third best team scoring-wise, the Dallas Mavericks, to just 100 points. So, there's signs that things could be getting better for the Spurs.
0: We brought up DeJounte Murray, and we thought he would be the answer coming back this year at point guard. Not saying he's not, but averaging 10 points per game to go with almost six rebounds and four assists. Not exactly the um, star-studded numbers we expect out of him. How much of that do you think is because he's still trying to get back in, I don't want to say NBA or playing shape, but he's still trying to knock off some rust from that injury.
2: I I think he's already past the rust part. Uh, I think what it is now is just him getting back into the groove. Uh, Look, this is a team that was without him last year and really relied on Derek White. He was their primary point guard for the good half of the season last year. Now you got a kid, Murray. Who just wants to run, go, 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 and he's making mistakes along the way. I, I glowed about him uh, defensively. You know, he is a better one of the best rebounding guards in the league. Uh, he wanted to throw down with uh, James Harden at one time, so uh, he he has no fear. But offensively, he struggled. Um, you know, he's a shot. His outside shot is not that consistent. And uh, he gets a lot of his scoring in the paint, mid range, or beyond. It's really um, icy cold, uh, icy hot. I'm sorry. You know, is he to be on one day, or he's not. And when he's not, he's not. Uh, but overall, I think it's just time. Time. He just needs time to get back in the groove, and I think he'll get there. The Spurs uh, are in a win a win situation. They can either start him and White together. It's a win. They can have him start the point guard. That's a win. They can have him coming off the bench. That's a win. So, this is a good problem for the Spurs to have. He's still very young. He's going to be technical about it when it's his third year because he lost a year. So, you know, he's just a kid still, and he's still going to learn. And I think with time, that will happen. And I will see the DeJounte Murray were seen before the injury.
0: Well, let's look at Lamarcus Aldridge. He's averaging 19.5 points per game to go with seven and a half rebounds per game. Kind of, kind of. Really basic Aldridge numbers, if you could say that. Yeah. Uh, rebounds are down a little bit, but that's what that's what you expect out of Aldridge. And he's shooting a very good percentage from three this season, as he's up to 40% from three. Aldridge is 34 years old. He's got one year left on his contract after this. Mm-hmm. What's the future for LaMarcus Aldridge in San Antonio?
2: I think it's just that. In my opinion, idea it could be just one more year after this season. Uh, you, know, you know, but – He's pretty much been vocal about how he would love to end his career in Portland. So there's that. Uh, the Spurs, obviously, they're gonna have to face it. You, you know, this he's getting older, and in this day and age of, of running and gunning and stretch fours and stretch fives now, uh, Lamarcus is not in Although lately he has been becoming that stretch five or stretch four. I'm sorry, um, he's been knocking down three point shots. He made five of them in a win over the Pistons. Uh, and he's made at least one or more in the last three or four games. So he's expanded his range to small sample size, but it's a good thing as the Spurs move on this season. They need him to do that because it creates so much space uh, for a guy like DeMar DeRozan to operate. We all know he's deadly within that three-point uh, line to the rim. So he can, if he can start doing that, I think that's going to bode well for everybody out on the court as the season moves on. You look at what even a guy like Bryn Forbes had to say uh, when the the Spurs were just knocking out shots in the win over the Pistons. He says, when we can get rolling, we can get hot, which hasn't been often this year. It just, it, it makes the game 10 times easier. So I think everybody just needs to learn how to knock down the shots and it'll help. But I still uh, want to see how they do defensively. I want to see if this team can hold teams Uh, from pretty much going supernova on them as we've seen so far this season.
0: Uh, Let's look at DeMar DeRozan now, 21 points per game for him. Past few games in the wins they've been putting up. The Memphis game, San Antonio puts up 145. The Detroit game, 136. DeMar's averaging 21 points per game. He's another guy. He's got that next year contract. He's got a player Mm -hmm. option for $27 million. Um, I see him in a San Antonio uniform next year because I don't think he's going to get that much money anywhere else. But what do you think DeMar DeRozan, what's his future look like with the Spurs, and how has he done so far in this system?
2: Uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, as far as his future is concerned, I think that's the uh, the big question. Uh, he has a player option, uh, 27 mil. I mean, that's a lot of money to leave on the table. But uh, in a weak free agency uh, this upcoming summer, He could be the biggest fish in the pond, and he could demand a little bit more than what the Spurs um, have on the table as far as their option. Uh, They're in a weird situation right now. At least the new GM, Brian Wright, that's his uh, first test in the new position. It's not RC Buford anymore. It's Wright. It's a new kid in the block. So in my opinion, I, I think they'll talk. I think, um, you know, the Spurs will look at what they have on the table. Do they want to continue on with a guy who's, let's face it, is one dimensional? Now, that one dimension is awesome. You know, he gives you at least 20 or more points a game on average. He's become one of the Spurs' better facilitators. Uh, he can great off the dribble, he can get to the rim. Uh, you know, but I mean, he is who he is at this point of his career. He's not going to be a three point shooter, he's not going to be a defender. The Spurs have to really think about and evaluate do they want to continue their. Future, you know, that being Lonnie Walker and Brent Forbes and Derek White and DeJounte Murray. Um, by the way, if, if they re up to Brent Forbes, he's a free agent after the season, unrestricted as well. Uh, so that's a big question. Uh, I, I think he fits in well what they want to do offensively. Offensively, in today's NBA, you need a scorer, and he fits that. The Spurs probably wouldn't have some of the wins they have right now if it wasn't for him on the offensive end. Uh, needless to say, I think at the end of the day, I I definitely can see DeMar DeRozan sticking around after next season.
0: Well, let's look here at, you know, you're bringing up some of the young guys and some, you know, we've talked a lot about the veterans here. Before, Before I ask you a more broad question, one guy who's really disappointed me on this Spurs team that I really thought would do a lot better, and when I saw the matching, I said, this is perfect will work, but I don't. I feel like it hasn't really been effective. That's Damari Carroll. How, what
2: What do you mm. think of Damari
0: Carroll playing for the Spurs?
2: That is a big question, and I'll be honest with you. Nobody knows. Not even the seasoned veterans on the beat know about what's going on. Uh, the most we've gotten out of Popovich is that Carroll simply hasn't gotten used to the system yet. I argue that he's a veteran, and you know we've seen other veterans uh, come into the Spurs system, and yeah, it took an adjustment, but they kind of pick it up fast. I haven't seen that yet. You know, he's a he's a three and D guy. That's what the Spurs need. Uh there were games earlier this season where they could've used a three and D guy and just sat on the bench. He's been a professional. He hasn't made waves. He hasn't caused a ruckus. He hasn't gone on the media and says I want out of here. Uh so I tip my hat at him for that. But nobody knows. Nobody understands why. Um uh, is it simply because, you know, uh, you know, the, the somehow and pop stats, coaching staff—they see something that we don't. I don't know, and I'll be honest with you—I really don't want to speculate because, for all I know, Carroll could start uh, versus Golden State and begin a wicked tear. Um, from what, exactly what he need, what he needed from this, uh, from the, a guy like Carroll. In the end, though, I, I it would be hard for me to see him staying after this season, even though he did. Um, I think he restructured his deal for. for you know, I can I can see him wanting to get out of San Antonio if it continues this way. Um, it's a head scratcher, and I'm just people like that. It's just a big head scratcher why he won't get any time on the court
0: this season. Um, who's been maybe some of the guys that you thought would perform well, and maybe they've underperformed outside of we'll we'll say outside of Damari Carroll because he's not getting a lot of playing time, right? Uh, and who's been some of the guys that you have felt have maybe overachieved
2: for the Spurs so far this season? Uh, you, you know, a guy who surprised me, I, I don't guess I would say uh, over has been overachieving, uh, but it's been Trey Lyles. Uh, Trey Lyles, he was considered a, a runner-up in the Marcus Morris uh, sweepstakes that the Spurs lost out on because he uh, backed out on the deal. Um, he's been a really good surprise. He fits his role. he He comes out. He makes shots. He makes three points. He rebounds. To start the season, he was gobbling up rebounds, the double-figure rebounding nights. He's been a really good surprise, and I like him. Uh, You know, he does a little bit on offense. He does a little bit on defense. He doesn't try to do anything beyond what he knows he can do. I think that's exactly what the Spurs need, a good, solid role player, and he fits that bill. Uh, A guy who's been underachieving in my point, you know, I was going to say Rudy Gay, Uh, But lately, he's kind of turned it on, and um, he's been playing a lot better. So he's kind of – he's been having a uh, recent resurgence right now. Um, Wow. You know, I guess maybe the biggest disappointment would have to be Bellinelli. Um, I mean, he's he's, he's been off, and that's just putting it lightly. He's coming to San Antonio, his second stint with the Spurs. He's coming off a phenomenal, well, at least for him, a good season with Philadelphia. Uh, he was leading the Sixers in three point percentage in the postseason, uh, really, really putting it on uh, the stat sheet. And he's kind of fizzled. Uh, he's really been absent. And it's a little bit disappointing considering that Pop loves veterans and he trusts veterans and you'll play vet- veterans above uh, younger players. And. If his shot is not on, you're not getting, the, you're not getting anything else. You're, if he's not making his outside shots, you're not getting rebounds, you're not getting defense, you're not getting assists, you're not getting blocks, you're not getting anything. And I think that's kind of been a disappointment. Uh, he recently spoke to a foreign outlet. Forgive me, I don't remember it off the top of my head, uh, but it was an Italian outlet. And, and he understands uh, what's happening. He said it himself that he, he sees it, that he's having a bad season. But he keeps the faith. He's been saying, you know, he's to the Italian outlets. He just needs that one game, that one game where he'll turn it around. And so far, we really had that. So I think the most disappointing so far has to be Marco Bellinelli.
0: Are you surprised with all of the struggles the Spurs have had? They're 13 and 18, and uh, they're sitting ninth in the playoff chase, and they're tied for eighth, honestly, with with Portland. And the mm-hmm. playoff berth for San Antonio, even with this slow start, is still very much legitimate.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you, Western Conference, for being so top-heavy and uh, bottom-weak. Uh, I think that's what you're seeing right now. And I remember the days where the when Western Conference fans would poke fun at the Eastern Conference saying, oh, sub-500 record gets you in. That's the West now. And the Spurs can capitalize on that. As mentioned, they're six and four of the last 10. Um, the Blazers haven't been looking that great. The Spurs can't sneak in uh, a seven or eight season. That can happen. And the thing is that nobody should be surprised. Um, last season, the Spurs had a rough start as well. And they had a horrific road trip. They turned it on late. They, they had a late season push. They got on the postseason. Yes, they were uh, bounced out of the playoffs by the Denver Nuggets, uh, took them to seven games. But nevertheless, it should not surprise anybody at the end of the day that the Spurs are contending for a playoff spot right now and that they will make it when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, eight teams are fighting for two spots. And um, from seventh place to 14th in the West is separated by seven games. So <laughs> anything could possibly happen. And mm. eighth place. And 8th through 13th is separated by two games. So that tells you that. So even a team that struggled like a Minnesota, Sacramento, San Antonio, Memphis, even Phoenix, who surprised a lot of people, they've had their struggles as of late. They can all still make the playoffs. So the West is looking more and more. We're getting a more balanced league uh, Mm -hmm. so far. I believe because the top seven in the the East and West all have winning records, but everything after that does not. So it's been really neat. But uh, one last question, because I know you're a busy man and you have things you have to do. Um, some people have speculated that with the slow start with everything that's going on in San Antonio and this really not been their, their greatest season. Could we be seeing the, the final days of Popovich coaching for the Spurs? What do you think? Cause I don't think he's done until he wants to be.
2: I'm right there with you. I don't think he's done until he wants to be uh, <clears throat> I truly believe that he wants to leave when the Spurs uh, have a good foundation set. And if we're looking at it right now, you know, it, it's kind of shaky a little bit. Um, oh, again, like you tip your hat to them. They've been playing a lot better of late. I mean, you want to talk about defense. Um, they're averaging uh, over eight I think it was an eight over eight steals in the month of December right now, and over six blocks a game in the month of December. So, they're again, they're getting back to that Spurs basketball. The problem, though, is that in today's NBA, he still wants these throwback kind of players, throwback kind of style, and that ain't going to cut it. So will he adjust again? if he adjusted throughout his entire career? I, I think he will. Uh, again, you're seeing signs pointing in that direction that the Spurs are trending in a positive manner. Uh, but in the end, will this season be his last? I don't think so. I think he'll give it a, another go. Um, he has the he has the Olympics this summer. Uh, you know that might rejuvenate him. You know he could be the the last head coach standing, getting a gold medal around his neck, and that'll just revigorate him and uh, want to come back for another season. I think it all depends on um, how they finish. What's, how this draft is going to look. They're going to get a, a better draft pick uh, this upcoming season. They're going to move up a little bit. So you, all in all, I, I think Pop will exit when he wants to exit, but I, I give him one more year.
0: All right. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking all this time out to talk with me, and uh, we appreciate you rocking the Wide man Can't Jump t-shirt as well. We get <laughs> one down there. Thank you for that. That and, was very really uh, nice glad- of you. Oh, no problem. Uh we sent some out to our some of our best uh co hosts here or our best guests we've had on the show. So we appreciate awesome. you uh for all you've done on the show. And you know, hey, when you're on the news, go ahead and rock that for us. That would be great. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. But... I
2: definitely I, I definitely will. And uh, I love the design. I loved everything about it. It looked really nice and it fit very well. So I appreciate that.
0: Good, good. Glad you enjoyed it. But let our mm-hmm. listeners know in case they may have forgotten where they can keep up with you and follow you and find you at on the internet and anywhere else.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I am the host of Locked On Spurs. You can find on the Locked On NBA Network. Uh, just wherever you get your favorite podcasts, uh whether that be uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, you'll find Locked On Spurs. Subscribe to it. Uh, appreciate that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And speaking of the Spurs, zone, News Force San Antonio, Antonio everything under the sun when it comes to the silver and black is there, and that is no joke. I uh, appreciate you and giving me a follow and checking out everything we have to give regarding the San Antonio Spurs.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you again so much for jumping on, and we hope to have you back soon. And hopefully we'll talk more about the Spurs and how they turned this season around from a slow start.
2: All right, I'm right there with you. Cross your fingers, buddy. Talk
0: to you later. All right. Thanks again, Jeff. We'll talk to you later.
2: Uh, bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Are you tired of the same old average, everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making... Less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On stripcamfun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. When you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCamFun. Be sure to visit right now at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Again, thanks to our great sponsors over at StripCamFun.com. Go check them out if you're 18 or older. Got to get there. Got to hear from them stripcamfun.com. And I also want to thank our guy Jeff Garcia. And I'm really glad he was able to come back on the show here and uh talk some Spurs basketball. I know there's a lot of good and a lot of bad going on in San Antonio right now. So kind of a, a mixed kind of a mixed bag there for San Antonio. We'll see what happens with them. Um, Just a lot going on in general. I know uh, if you – I got to talk about my West Virginia Mountaineers. Picked up a big win over Ohio State. They were number 22 in the country. They beat number two Ohio State in Cleveland by nine um, this past Sunday. That was a huge win for them as they were able to climb the rankings there. Number 16 now heading into Big 12 Conference play, and it doesn't get any easier as they are heading over – to, oh, man, Kansas, as they got to play Kansas. And what a crazy, crazy Big 12 season this could end up being if you're an NCAA fan. Um, all right, so back to the NBA. Um, there's so much going on here um, in the league. Uh, Kevin Chouinard, who we've had on the show, is a Hawks representative, said, with all due respect to Larry O'Brien, if the NBA eventually does a mid-season tournament – the league should give out that trophy at the midseason and present a David Stern trophy to the winner of the NBA finals. So, Shanard uh, believes that Stern could even be bigger than Larry O'Brien and his legacy. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what comes of that. It could be something really big there. And um believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight are playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and I know what you're thinking, that's going to be a slaughter, right? Believe it or not, the Wolves lead by two in the second quarter as uh, that team, no Towns, no Wiggins, but they've showed up to play. So I can't complain too loudly after everything that I, after all the smack I talked earlier. Uh, but of course, you know, it's early and I expect the Bucks to uh, pull out the win, but uh, not bad for 17-point underdogs early on in the game. So we'll take that. Well, you know, we've had Chris Walder on the show before. He's one of our, our big guys here. Uh, that we have on. I know he's uh used to cover the um the Raptors. He's no longer at the score in Canada. Now he's working kind of freelancing and uh he kind of, kind of looks at the entire league. So what I decided to do when I talked to him the other day is he and I decided we were going to kind of bounce around the league and just look at all the different things going on that we could think of uh, at the time, news stories at the time. So Uh, Chris Walder and I had a nice conversation, and uh, we will get to that right now, and then on the other side, I believe we'll uh, just end up calling it a night, Uh, so you're going to get a little bit of a shorter episode this week again, as I said, which uh, you're probably not too mad because you're tired of hearing my voice, I'm assuming, but let's go ahead and head to my conversation with Chris Walder, and I'll see you on the other side. Back on the show once again is the host of the Walder Sportscast, the man, the myth, Chris Walder. Thanks again for jumping back on with us, man. It's good to
1: have you back. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I always like talking ball with you guys.
0: Oh, it's good to be back. Unfortunately, my fellow, our your fellow Canadian friend Tim is tied up. It's going to be me and you this evening, but plenty of hoops to talk about. Dude, uh, you know, the regular on here, and there's some surprises here and there, but let's just go ahead and kind of we'll look at the team you used first. Uh Let's just look at the Toronto Raptors a little bit. Fourth in the East right now. With Kawhi leaving, uh, you know the, a lot of people had a, I had a, a good team I have six, which I mean, I'm not saying that won't happen, but Toronto four right now, twenty two and eleven. Are you surprised they're playing as well as they've played so far into the season?
1: Uh, I'm not surprised at all actually. I think a lot of people kinda of rode them off this off season just because of the fact that they lost Kawhi Leonard, they lost Danny Green, you know, two integral parts to that championship mix. But they still kept a lot of the guys that were there for that championship run, and I, I think that matters ultimately. I mean, they've been they've been able to avoid um, letting the injuries kind of like bury them in the sand, so to speak. Like just a, a, not too long ago, they had that Pistons game where they lost Marcus, Saul, Norman Powell, and Pascal Siakam to to injuries, and all of whom are still on the sidelines. But they're still trying to they're still finding ways to claw out victories and even uh, being competitive in the ones that they're not winning. So uh, the record that they have right now, 22 and 11, I think that's kind of the ballpark of where I pictured them, a little bit behind the pace they were last season. But I still kind of considered them like, you know, a middle-of-the-pack team in the Eastern Conference. I thought kind of their their flaws would be exposed in the playoffs when they didn't have that go-to guy to kind of throw the ball to. They hope that Pascal Siakam can Eventually, be that person. I don't know if he can be there year one as the number one option, but you know what? I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Being a champion, you you can go through the regular season and not stress nearly as much because you have that ring on the finger, and it's uh, it's a pretty nice feeling, I must say.
0: Yeah, we got in touch with you uh, last season when the Raptors did win, and it it was good to see someone else get the win. Is what I said. You know what? It's great to see a a young team do that. one guy that's really overperformed, maybe not overperformed, but performed well, Fred Van Vliet. Um, and would you believe it or not, this dude's only on a $9 million contract. You got to think they're going to re up him if they can. They're going to throw money at this guy <laughs> because he's proven he's going to be the next, uh, maybe the next star in Toronto. Kyle Lowry's 33. He's only got next year on his deal. Mark Gasol's deal and Serge Ibaka's deal is up at the end of the year. They're going to be able to throw money at this guy and kind of build with Fred Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam if they want to. Um, What do you think of his future in Toronto? Does he stay or has he expressed interest in wanting to leave? Do you know anything about that?
1: Well, there's been nothing in the media of him uh, wanting to be out. Uh, I, I think the Raptors do view him as the point guard of the future, knowing that Kyle Lowry's situation only locked up for as long as he is in the age. I mean, he's still performing at an all-star level, but I mean, I don't know how much longer you can count on Lowry being that guy for your team, and that's why you're going to have to eventually hand the keys over to a guy like Van Vliet, but he keeps increasing his stock and increasing his value that teams are going to throw a lot of money at this guy, especially teams that are lacking a point guard. Uh, Van Vliet has certainly proven himself, and he had an excellent showing beyond the Sixers series in the playoffs last year where he was just terrible But he showed out in the finals. He was great defensively on Curry. He hit some big shots. So I'm pretty sure Toronto's going to give him whatever he wants. But they don't necessarily want to put themselves in a position where they can't throw money at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, there's a lot of people on Raptors Twitter, you know, in the media expressing interest that they should kind of make a big play for the Greek freak, and uh, I don't think they're going to jeopardize that by giving Van Vliet, you know, overpaying for him, so to speak. But I, it, it's, a, it's a fair assumption that they do want to keep him around for the foreseeable future. Well, as
0: a Wolves fan and uh, a man who is watching what I like to call the struggle of without a guard – uh, Mr. Van Vliet, you are welcome in Minnesota, my friend. You will look wonderful in a Wolves jersey. That is my uh, person. No, don't speak that into opinion.
1: existence. Don't do, don't do that. <laughs> I don't want that out there. None of that. Don't Minnesota. You stay away. You stay far, far away. Boy,
0: uh, you're yeah, speaking of Minnesota. You've probably heard the rumors. Uh, we've heard online. People are quote-unquote monitoring the Carl Anthony Towns situation in Minnesota. Uh, Apparently, there are rumors going around that Towns is unhappy in Minnesota. So, here was my thought, and I want to see what you think. Towns is just in the first year of a five-year max contract. He's making a lot of money. And he's going to be in Minnesota for a while, I think. I don't care how unhappy he may be. The way the Wolves have been playing right now, everybody in that team should be unhappy. Um, but I don't think the Wolves are going to move him. I just think that's insane here, the first year of a deal. But we've got people like the Golden State Warriors and reports out there that the Knicks are monitoring it for a potential trade. Uh, who do these teams think that they have to make a move for Towns? Um, do you believe any of this, let's call it what is this bullshit that's out there on the internet?
1: Well, well I believe that teams are keeping – this point it's it's obvious towns doesn't want to be there anymore minnesota hasn't really taken that next step that a lot of people kind of expected them to with him and wiggins being that one two punch i mean wiggins has having a a, pr- a pretty good year by his standards but they're still 11 and 20 they're in the basement of the western conference they're barely above the new orleans pelicans who have been riddled with injuries and don't didn't even have zion williamson yet so I think it would be in the interest of like a team like the Golden State Warriors, for example, who know that when they get healthy, they're going to be back in that playoff picture, whether it's at the end of this season if they can still kind of hang around, or are heading into next season. But again, like Minnesota has all of the chips. Like Towns is locked up to that long deal, but if he says to management, "Hey, I, I want out," they're obviously they'd be crazy not to kind of, you know, gauge interest around the league, see what kind of offers they can get. But for a player like of of town like towns, it's hard to get equal value back, and we saw that with uh, the Pelicans trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Like at first, it looked like a pretty decent package for a guy like him, but now seeing the Pelicans struggle, seeing Lonzo Ball not living up to the the hype surrounding him, it's kind of like okay, the the Lakers swindled them good, and I f- expect that any deal that comes to fruition for a guy like Cat. Whether that whether it does at all, it, Minnesota is going to get swindled because there's not equal value. Like, who can they get for a player the caliber of a of an all star seven footer like Towns? So it's something that a lot of us are going to keep kind of tabs on because Minnesota isn't getting any better anytime soon. But again, I don't I don't expect a trade, but you know I've been wrong before.
0: Well, my my whole thing is as a Minnesota fan, I look at this team. And it's a lot of young pieces, but there's also some veterans that aren't living up to the hype. I think, in my opinion, and I'd hate to turn this into a Wolves conversation, but the Wolves have two pieces that they can't let go now that Wiggins has shown he can play up to snuff. Now, they went on this big losing streak, the whole Chris Paul jersey thing where they were about to win that game and they've been on a, a, a slippery slope ever since they've won one game since the Jersey untuck thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what they need to do is basically make everybody and anybody available for trade. That's not towns or Wiggins T. Well, I would say, hold on to Josh Akoge. Even I would say that I would make Jerry Culver available. I'd make anybody available. That's that's there. Um, And try to build this team around those two like they should. And because right now it's just not getting it done. Jeff Teague's underperformed. Robert Covington's been kind of disinterested. I don't know. And, of course, it's Ryan Saunders' first year, so I'm not sure. But they were 10-8 and at one point. Sitting pretty in the West, like doing very well. And then I don't know what happened. Of course, Towns has been injured. Wiggins has been sick and injured as well, so. That's just a as a Wolves fan, it's frustrating. It seems
1: like every year you start out hot, and then
0: next thing you know, we're back in the same old song and dance.
1: And from what I'm seeing on Twitter, it looks like Covington exited tonight's game with a hand injury. Like him and Towns went to the locker room. So there's one of those trade assets that you were just talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, towns Towns isn't playing tonight. So and and neither is is Wiggins. Um, And they've got a lot of pieces like Covington's a valuable piece um I see guys like um uh, you know Jeff Teague is a veteran point guard they've, they've got players Gorgie Jang's horrendous contract has been one they've been trying to get rid of for years but who knows what what can happen with that team in terms of what they want to do what moves they want to make but anyway speaking of one out, uh Dwayne Dedman I don't know if you've heard this Dwayne Dedman apparently wants out of Sacramento Uh, It seems like Sacramento really kind of stupidly fired their coach last year after coming oh so close to making the playoffs and hired Luke Walton. And um, I don't think things have been right since. I don't think Walton's really that good of a coach. It seems like a lot of guys want out. What's your thoughts?
1: Well, if you played for the Sacramento Kings, you'd probably want out too. A lot of guys that play similar styles. Uh, a lot of young guys on that roster and Luke Walton, I mean, he he gained a reputation for taking over a Golden State Warriors squad that was just fully loaded. So it, it's it's hard to like judge like his his coaching record and say like he's God's gift to the rule. And now that he's in Sacramento and he actually has to work with some of these guys, it's hard to like allocate minutes. It's hard to say like who's who are we going to be giving the ball to tonight. Like I couldn't, I could barely tell you some of those guys on their roster right now. I know they're like they're twelve and twenty-one, I believe, in the Western Conference. Like they've never been like a, a, a like a, a factor out west. Like they're they're not going to be like in the in the discussion at the end of the season. So, like Luke Walton had always had his work cut out for him. So it, it is what it is with the Sacramento Kings. They're so like inconse, inconsequential in the grand scheme of things.
0: And here we had, you know, they had Buddy Hill. They have De'Aaron Fox. I mean, there, there's some good players that play in Sacramento. And really, and Buddy Hill's been in the doghouse out there. Apparently Walton's been setting him in the fourth quarter, and he, he, it's a precedent there. And there's just a lot of guys that aren't happy. Deadman wants out. Uh, Rumor peeled wants out. So Sacramento, not really, um, not really the place to be. Um, another thing, though, there was a trade the other day. Jordan Clarkson been moved to Utah, and Dante Exum, two second-round picks go to the Cavs. Um, I felt this trade was kind of meh. I mean, Dante Exum never lived up to the hype to me, and Jordan Clarkson's just kind of there to to be a backup. I mean, do you, do you really feel like this was a move that Utah needed to make?
1: Uh, well, Utah could always use some scoring off of their second unit, but when I first saw this trade, like when Woj broke it on Twitter – it almost kind of reminded me of like the Spider-Man meme, where the two Spider-Mans are just pointing at each other. Like it's, <laughs> it's like two similar players that don't really move the needle for either side. <laughs> so I'm like in Cleveland's in Cleveland's situation, you get like at least some sort of upside with Dante Exum. Like he's always had injury problems, and if he could stay on the court, I guess he can offer some value, especially more upside than a guy like Clarkson. You know what you're gonna get with him. So Utah gets a little bit more O for their bench, but it, it doesn't really, again, like I said, move the needle. Like, Utah is where they are in the Western Conference. Like, again, a middle-of-the-pack team. They, they're they built off of their defense, and uh, Clarkson can hopefully give them some double-digit points in a reserve role. But, again, the Cavaliers are so terrible, like, Exum will probably get a heavy dose of minutes anyway, even though they have, like, uh, two point guards in their starting lineup, the two youngsters, like Sexton and uh, what's what's the other guy's name? I'm to, is, oh, uh, Garland. Yeah, 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 Darius Garland. I need to start watching more of these trash teams. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his name either. I remember there was a lot of hype around him coming out, and then uh, I, was like, oh, I can't remember that dude's name. What was his
1: name again?
0: Well, <laughs> I, apparently, I, I, uh, I, I should.
1: <laughs> I should probably research the Cavaliers. We're playing them tomorrow. The Raptors are hosting them on New Year's Eve.
0: Say it again, I'm sorry. You cut out on me.
1: Oh, the Raptors are hosting the Cavaliers on New Year's Eve, so I could probably do some research on these guys outside of, oh, Tristan Thompson is a Canadian.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. And uh, Garland's averaging 11 right now, so not terrible. <laughs> but yeah, bad, I thought they would be. They're driving love now. Uh, east fishing anybody do you think is interested in that Kevin Love contract that they had him sign?
1: Uh, Well, Portland is always rumored to be in the Kevin Love sweepstakes. Like I would love to see him just go to a contending team. Like, I hate seeing his, like, what could be, like, the rest of his prime just kind of wasted away on a team like Cleveland. Like, God bless his loyalty to that city. Like, he was a part of, like, the lone championship team. And it's going to be a long, long time before those guys ever win a, a title again. But, yeah, Portland was always in the mix. Maybe that's not the case anymore but because uh, they're kind of, like, out of the playoff picture right now. Um, or at least, I think they have the eighth seed, but they have a losing record. So, again, yeah, they'll get, they'll get right walloped. Now. Yeah, so they'd get wall up even if they did uh, get in there. But uh, no, I've I've always been a Kevin Love fan. Like he's like an easy twenty and ten on any given night. Not much of a defender, but I can see like a Boston making a move for him. Like Boston definitely needs kind of like one more front court guy, uh, preferably someone who can play defense. But I don't think that kind of player is available right now. So why not go for Kevin Love? Uh, and if not, you know Portland again. Portland's always going to be linked to him for forever, it seems. So. Uh, yeah, I, if there's ever like if there's like that one star in the league right now that you know come February, come uh, when the trade deadline is approaching, like it's going to be Love's name like circulating a lot.
0: Were you surprised that Portland? You know, you brought them up there in the West uh, as Western Conference Finals team last year. Made a couple of moves in the off season. Are you surprised that they're eighth with a losing record right now, with basically the same the same crew there?
1: Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, they lost like some some key wing player. Like they lost Mo Harkless. They lo- like they. I don't know if they moved him for Baysmore, but they kind of they basically replaced him with Ken Baysmore. Uh, Alpha Rukamino left as well, and then Nurkic just hurt too. So, and you know, you, you you replace Nurkic, you get Whiteside in there. You know, who's always had his issues, um, just whether he he cares to play or not most nights. Um, and, and, you know, it, you're obviously running the ball through Lillard and McCollum, who, you know, great, O, oh, but they're not going to be defending much. So that's why they went out there and they signed Carmelo Anthony to give them that third scoring option. But, no, I'm not necessarily surprised. I mean, I think the Western that Western Conference Finals run they had was basically their ceiling. And uh, it, it's unfortunate that they couldn't move beyond that, especially with all of the problems that the Warriors did come to have later on. But uh, no, Portland is exactly where I kind of pictured them to be, especially since I kind of foresaw uh, a few other teams in the West, like the Dallas Mavericks, for example, kind of elevating themselves. And now you see the year Luka Doncic is having. So someone had to move down. And that was unfortunately Portland.
0: Yeah, and I got Luca Doncic at the end of the second round of my fantasy draft. So, God bless him. Uh he's he's doing great things, <laughs> but he um you know, he's he's looked at it by a lot of people as maybe the next big thing uh coming and I mean, he may be closer to that than we think. Um he was l- listed as possibly one of those top 5 uh next generation players, maybe of the decade, the next decade that he's going to be one of those guys we're talking about. Has re- has Luca reached his full potential or is he still just scratched the surface?
1: He's not even close to the kind of player he is because he's so damn young. Like it's, it's, it's kind of astounding to see like, you know, he comes from a background where he played in the EuroLeague when he was just a kid, but he was playing against grown ass men that set him up for success right out of the gate coming into the nba but i don't think a lot of people you know imagined him to be this good this early like i you know the expectations were there but at the same time it's like this guy's putting up you know incredible numbers like historical numbers numbers that we haven't seen since like lebron james was like just entering his career and now he's doing this for a mavericks team that is winning like they're the fifth seed in the western conference right now so it's not like he's putting up really great numbers on a bad team he's making all of his teammates around him better i love that one two punch with him and chris Depps. like i feel like they might be uh, a buyer at the trade deadline maybe add a third piece so they can maybe move up a seat or two in the west get better positioning because i do think they're going to make the playoffs this year but i'm i'm so high on luka donkic it's it, and it's a shame because i'm also a trey young fan and I was hoping those guys would kind of be like 1A and 1B for their careers. But Luka is just like leaps and bounds ahead of him at this point. Even though, you know, Young is is great on offense. He doesn't provide a lot more. Luka, he gives you, you know, triple-double numbers. And you don't see that from a lot of guys in the NBA right now. So he it might be another five, six years before we see him at his absolute peak.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people criticize Dallas for um... – Maybe for for giving up another number one for Luca, uh, it turned out okay. I think I think they're going to be just fine. And I know a lot of people were criticizing it, uh, Sacramento for passing on Luca because Divock wanted him, but he decided to go with Marvin Bagley. Uh, so that's going to be one we look back on. <laughs> Will Marvin Bagley be the next Sam Bowie? That's really what we're we're all wondering at this point. But um, yeah, Luca's just incredible, a great talent. And then Dallas, of course, let's be honest here, Dallas. They love their Mavericks and they will embrace that team like they did with Dirk, like they've done for, you know, that championship run they went on. I think Dallas is a great market for Luca because he's going to become the face of that franchise when he pretty much is now the face of the franchise. Um, they'll put a statue of Dirk up soon. Then um, they may end up putting one of Luca if he stays long-term because this kid's he's something special for sure.
1: It's it's nice to be able to transition from the Dirk Nowitzki era when he like won you a championship in 2011 and then you hand the keys over to Luka Doncic who at this rate like he might bring you another title. So Dallas is extremely fortunate. They find these European guys and they turn out to be future Hall of Famers. Maybe that's yeah. setting the bar a little high for Luka, but he's certainly on that pace right now.
0: Well, they're they're like the Green Bay Packers. It's like, "Okay, Brett Favre, thank you for everything. Here, Aaron Rodgers, your turn." Um, yeah, it's, Yeah, not it's, bad thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, you all. don't
0: there's some teams that can just do that. Meanwhile, you got other teams that are still looking for that guy and they they've tried for years and they just can't get the guy they need to turn their team around. Um but looking at the looking at the teams some overperforming, some underperforming. Who would you say? I would say outside of Golden State due to injuries. Um who do you, who would you call maybe your biggest Surprise in terms of overperformance, and then your biggest surprise of underperforming. So, um, so two two questions there.
1: Uh, hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if they necessarily fall in the overperforming because I, I I've always liked the Indiana Pacers. Like they remind me of the Toronto Raptors in the sense is that they're always good in the face of adversity. So whenever they're like they get hit with the injury bug, they can kind of overcome that because they're very deep. They don't necessarily have a star at a certain position because their star right now is injured, and he's been injured the whole year with uh, Victor Oladipo. But then you know you you bring in a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who is probably going to make the All Star team this year, and they've gotten such you know key contributions from like T J Warren and Demontis Sabonis. Like they're just making it work, and they're going to be a team like when the Eastern Conference playoffs hit. Like when you see, if they see like a Miami or a Boston or even like a Toronto or Philly, they're going to be putting up quite a fight, and I could see them upsetting one of those like top seeds in the East. So I'm extremely high on Indiana. They're, you know what, in in the grand scheme of things, they probably are doing a little bit better than I thought they would. I didn't think Brogdon would be performing as well as he has. You know, I saw him in that playoff uh, series last year with Toronto and Milwaukee, and I, I you know, he was incredible, but. You know, coming over to Indiana and being one of the top point guards in the East, like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, underperforming, hmm, I I might say, you know what, the Brooklyn Nets have been kind of disappointing to me. Uh, I mean, they're hit with injuries, too, like Kyrie Irving's been battling a shoulder injury, and obviously Kevin Garnett is probably going to miss the entire season but they were such a fun squad last year and they were like, you know, they were consistently competitive. They're kind of hovering around the 500 mark right now. Spencer Dinwiddie has been a revelation for them, but I was expecting more across the board, you know, like they brought on Deandre Jordan, you know, him and Jared Allen, who's going to be seeing the fair share of minutes at the five. Uh, I, 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 I honestly saw Brooklyn kind of being like one of the top three or four seeds in the East. And, uh, you know, when Kyrie Irving comes back, you know, there was, again, and there was also the issues of, like, chemistry and Kyrie Irving's attitude when he was out there, you know, uh, uh, issues that were presented in Boston, and now Kyrie's gone and Boston is excelling. They're playing more of, you know, they're they're moving the basketball. Guys like Tatum and Brown are getting their shots, and now he's in Brooklyn, and there seem to be kind of, like, similar problems with him in the picture there. So, yeah, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets, it'll be interesting to see what they look like when Kyrie does come back and uh, whether or not they can kind of right the ship this season and kind of move up in the standings. You brought up <clears throat> you brought up
0: Kyrie leaving Boston and Kimba Walker comes in there in Boston.
1: Um
0: are people finally giving Kimba the credit he deserves because the casual fan would never have tuned into a Charlotte game last season, two seasons ago. Kimba's finally getting noticed for how good he really is. Um he gives do you think he gives Boston that championship player that they need to make a run at the title
1: Well you kind of answered your own question it's kind of like well when Kemba Walker was in Charlotte he was a big fish in a small pond so to speak like he he was an all-star but it's the Charlotte Hornets and no one's really following them no one's really watching their games and now, you know, Kyrie departs Boston and that vacancy frees up and here comes Kemba into a situation where he understands that it's it's a team first. It's not like what it was last season where it was kind of like Kyrie and a bunch of other guys, really good players, but it was essentially that kind of dynamic. Now in Boston, it's like, okay, Kemba Walker understands the role that he has you know he's going to be putting up his points, but he also knows that he has to get the rock to the certain guys, give it to the hot hand when it counts most, and that's why you're seeing a guy like Jalen Brown and and you know Jason Tatum putting up all-star production for the Celtics, who are at the top of the Eastern Conference. So I don't know if they have enough right now because I question their ability to defend, especially down low, because they're you know you went from Al Horford to Ennis Cantor. And, you know, who's a defensive liability and has always been for the good portion of his career. So I think they have enough pieces in place right now to maybe get to like a second round and possibly the Eastern Conference Finals. But are they going to be able to overcome like a Milwaukee or or a Philadelphia who are so established down low and have those bigs who can put up points in a hurry? I don't know if they can get beyond that, but... I, I think the Celtics have uh, you know, done a lot better than I expected them to just because I'm a Raptors guy. And there always seems to be like a beef between Celtics Twitter and Raptors Twitter. So, uh, <laughs> but that was kind of extinguished on uh, Christmas Day when I don't know if you saw the soundbite where uh, Jalen Brown was talking with Fred Van Vliet and it was caught on audio and he was like, man, it's about time we beat you guys in Toronto. Because they didn't beat us. I don't think he ever had, ever won in Toronto uh during his career and he was he finally got one over on us on Christmas Day. So uh it was hard to like hate on the Celtics too much because he seemed so humble about the victory.
0: Well, that and um it was finally time that the Raptors got to play on Christmas Day. Uh I think it was only their second Christmas Day game ever, so they deserved it. As far as I'm concerned. All it took was a um, title. <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. Um, <laughs> I actually wrote an article <laughs> last year about Christmas. Christmas snubs. The Knicks played last year on Christmas while the Raptors were at the house. Made no sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. last last thing here before I well, actually, I got two questions left. This this one, um, first team all decade as voted on by ESPN's NBA experts. Tell me if you agree. Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis from 2010 to 2019. Agree or disagree?
1: I agree. You know what? I I agree with most. Like yeah, all five of those make sense to me. Like especially the first four. I the only one I would make an argument for is Anthony Davis. He he put up, you know, he he led a Pelicans team that didn't really do a lot of damage in the playoffs. Like they were just like first round fodder for the Golden State Warriors. But you know his his numbers were truly elite. If if I could replace him with anybody at like the five spot, I would consider like a Dwight Howard maybe even though like the latter half of the decade he was kind of he had his issues certainly um I would even consider putting a Marcus Allen there and I think like the championship that he won in Toronto really established himself you know he's a former defensive player of the year multiple time all-star like he has the credentials to back him up he never put up like sexy numbers like he wasn't a high scoring high octane center but he got the job done he was like you know he defined that Grizzlies era where they were like consistently like second round western conference finals like the grit and grind era of Memphis. So, I would put, you know, personally, I can kind of like flip a coin with him and Anthony Davis, but ESPN, yeah, they pretty much got it right. I remove
0: Harden and put Westbrook in. I remove Davis and because I don't care about positions like the All-Star game, I'm putting Kawhi Leonard in there. That's just me. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Too. Yeah, that's my uh that's my picks. But uh the other three anti Kawhi I'm sorry I'm
1: never gonna be anti Kawhi Leonard after what he did last year, so Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Last <laughs> question and I'll let you go. Any thoughts on uh this year's Royal Rumble?
1: Oh, he's asking me for my favorites.
0: Yeah. because you know what? As of right now, I don't have a favorite. I'm having a hard time coming up with a pick. Um if I had to pick down right now and say, this is the guy I think will win, and I'm going Braun Strowman. But at the same time, I don't feel confident in that. What about you?
1: I I think if there was ever a year for WWE to just think outside the box, because I think the names that I keep hearing in, like, random conversation are, like, Kevin Owens. Like, do you want to see, like, Owens and Lesnar for the wwe championship like because they're building him up as kind of like that steve austin-esque character even gave him the stunner so i could see owen's winning it but i'm I'm going completely left field with my prediction i think alistair black is going to win the royal rumble i think it's about time that they moved him up to like get him out of that damn dark room where he's cutting those silly promos and just make him that that like beast in the ring like that guy who just like goes out there kicks people in the face sits down and then walks away like it's about time like he got to that main event status which a lot of people you know expected him to get to when they saw him coming from NXT where he was like one of their top guys and for the women's royal rumble i think it's a lot easier to pick i think the favorite right now is probably Shayna Baszler she dropped the NXT yeah. championship to uh Rhea Ripley recently. I don't think she has a lot more to do with that brand. I would debut her at the Royal Rumble and you get to her and Becky Lynch for the one of the main events at Mania.
0: Well, the rumor is they're doing uh 10 from NXT, 10 from SmackDown, 10 from Raw in both Rumbles. So, she could mm-hmm. easily show up there. So, that's what they're they're supposedly doing. Alister Black's in our course of mind to take the Rumble. Um I had to pick Stroman would be my pick, Black, and uh, Drew McIntyre is another guy that I could see. Really, it's wide open. Maybe even Samoa Joe. I, I could see Samoa Joe, and I wouldn't mind that. But uh, we'll see. Knowing my luck and the luck that I have, it would go to Baron Corbin. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't want that.
1: But anyway, Just like Fred VanVleet to Minnesota, do not speak that to into existence. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Yeah, I agree with
0: you on that one. Uh, I appreciate your time and you, talking with us here on Wide Me Cage. Let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, follow you, find you at on the Internet and things like that.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for having me, man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. Uh, episodes of the Walder Sportscast are coming soon in January. I had to kind of postpone that for a bit, doing some uh, stuff behind the scenes here. But check those out when they are released on iTunes. And, again, thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays, and have a good new year, buddy.
0: You too, man. Hope to talk to you soon next year, and good luck on the Walter Sportscast. Can't wait to hear it.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good night.
0: And that was my conversation with Chris Walder. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, again, the NBA All-Decade team was released. Um, you heard the the mentions there of who was in, who was not in. Uh, Steph Curry was there, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, James Harden. Do you agree with me and Chris? Do you disagree with Chris and I? Who do you think? Who belongs on the NBA All-Decade team? Let us know uh, on our Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, at Jump. You can uh, – Head over to the Wide Men Can't Jump uh, group on Facebook. If you want in, let me know. I'll add you there. We want to get more active. A lot of posting going on lately. So we've been enjoying that. So go check that out if you can. Uh, WideMenCanJump.com and our Patreon page. Once Tim's out from under the weather, we're going to get some more Patreon stuff headed your way. And uh, that's over at slash Wide Men Can't Jump. Check out our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. News, StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com. And, again, thanks to everybody for being on the show. Again, sorry for the show being a little shorter than normal, but uh, when it's a one-man show, I can only do so much. And uh, I could talk more, but let's be honest here, um, you don't want to hear me just rambling about nothing. So I don't want to do that to you. So we hope you enjoyed the broadcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tim should be back next week with me. Hopefully, he feels better. Um, I know he's not been feeling well, so I hope he feels better.
1: Um,
0: So, yeah, hope you guys are enjoying the show. Hope everyone that uh, listened in enjoyed it. Hope everyone at home had a great New Year. It's 2020, so we're going to try and have the best year we can possibly have here at Wide Man Can't Jump. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had fun. I'm Nate. For everyone here at Wide Men Can't Jump, we hope you had a great holiday, a happy new year, and now let's get ready to uh, get back to business as usual. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks for listening. We're on iTunes, Podcast at Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts. Don't forget that. Check us out. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and have a good night. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com. Slash Wide Men Can't Jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.